Good morning. I think most of you know who I am. I'm Taylor. I'm the administration pastor here at Cornerstone. I'd just like to introduce myself in case you don't know me. Um, a couple weeks ago, I kind of had a feeling. I was like, I think I'm going to teach soon. And then, like later that week, Pastor around was like, hey, do you want to teach on Sunday? So that's how that works out. But So today is not going to be a normal day. Today is not a normal sermon. If you're taking notes, it's probably a good thing, but there's not going to be a whole lot of text and stuff. So before we get started, I kind of just want us to be open and aware because I think during worship, we may be really good about being open and aware. You know, you kind of have your, I'm not trying to be weird or whatever, but you're just open to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And maybe during the sermon, you approach God as an academic because there's a text in front of you, so he, you kind of view him as teacher, and he is good teacher. He's the best teacher you'll ever know. But today is something different. Like I was saying earlier, today is an appointment set by Holy Spirit, great counselor. He set up this appointment today with you because there's some stuff we need to talk about. All right, so can we just kind of put our hands in front of us? Just kind of do like an, just a physical manifestation. What this means is, I am open. Let's pray. I'm going to go and pray. Father God, we are open to your work. Holy Spirit, we say, have your way in us. Let's pray this together. God, remove the blinders. Show me my heart. Show me my motives. I want to get closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I do have a text. If you want to go and go to it, you can. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, but it's going to be a minute before we get there. So I had this wild thought. You know what? Let's go ahead. We're going to read that real quick. That way you kind of know where we're going to get to. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 20. No, first, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. In the NIV, it says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. That's a good scripture. And I want to get us there. But there's some stuff that we need to talk about before. So... Just a quick poll. How many have asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior? You remember a time when you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. I just kind of want you to go back to that moment. And when I'm talking about this moment, I'm not putting you down. I'm not putting the church down. I'm not putting anything down. Hear me out. I am not putting that person down, that ministry down. I am not, I'm not cursing them, nothing like that. God was kind of speaking to me about just his general love and presence and how that ought to affect our daily life. There's a scripture that says, keep in step with the spirit. I really love that picture because I think that's how our life should look. It should look like we are keeping in step and it's not keep some steps just on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? Keep in step with the Spirit. It, it's this kind of like we're in the cadence with the Holy Spirit. He's telling me where to go. He's telling me how fast to walk, how fast to run. He's telling me, 
He's giving me guidance and direction. He's doing his job. Yeah? Our life ought to look like we're sitting at that communion table. We did communion, it'd be a couple weeks ago. We talked about just coming to the table, that the Lord had prepared you a seat. That's how our life should just look like that. A continual communion. And you're like, Taylor, I don't work ministry like you do. How am I going to stay in the presence of God while I'm doing X, Y, and Z? Here's a little secret. Ministry is not spelled the way you think it is. You know how ministry is spelled? I learned this from Pastor George. W-O-R-K. So I also, there's some stuff that I do that doesn't look like this. There's just weird, boring stuff that has to get done. But you know, I should feel God in that moment just as much as I feel him up on the stage. And if I don't, there's a disconnect. Because God doesn't just want us on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. from 10 a.m. to 11.30. He doesn't. He wants a life with you. So let's go back to the salvation experience. The reason why this experience is so important is because it literally begins your relationship. Have any of you watched the Hallmark movie? Oh yeah, that's it. If we can just, yeah, keep it down. How many have watched the Hallmark movie? Go ahead. Okay. You know those movies where they lie about something at the very beginning and then they try to keep the lie hidden and then it comes out, then they break up and then somehow they end up back together and la la la, right? Because Hallmark, right? Some of you in this room have had that experience and it wasn't that God lied. There was a lie sewn into that experience. There's a lie sewed into your salvation experience. And again, I'm not putting the preacher down. I'm not, not doing that. I'm just, say, I'm just saying that Holy Spirit counselor wants to do something in this area today. Because let me explain this. Okay, so let's say your salvation experience. Let's say it was an evangelist that came in and they were like, you don't know what's going to happen tonight. You may get in a car crash and die. Get down here and get right with God. I'm running. But why? What drew me to the cross? There is no in love. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Let's say you're peer pressured. Oh, let's continue that thought. So the fear. So if your salvation experience came out of fear, that's how you met God. So when you walk in the fear of God, it's not the true fear of God. Fear of the Lord is a good thing. Pastor Matt and I were talking about this week. The fear of the Lord is not scared because that's scared. If I die tonight, I'm going to go to hell. I best get up there. No, he, <laughs> so say you came in to our family in fear. So now you operate your life out of fear. So your whole relationship with Christ is based in. That's sad. How many Christians are locked up in fear because of how their inception of salvation happened? 
somewhere talking about I'm no longer a slave to fear, but fear's part of my testimony. Fear's how I got saved. I got scared into heaven. Am I preaching? Like, Let's say it's peer pressure. Let's say, you know, family brought you in and you did the whole thing. But you did it to please grandma. And grandma may even be gone, but you're still going today out of reverence for grandma. Some encouragement here. Someday you're going to have to have your own faith. You're going to have to love Jesus for your own sake. Because then you are in a performance mentality with your walk with Christ. Guess who dealt with that one? Me. Because you want to please people. So you do the things that, and it's no, again, I'm not putting down our pastors, but that's just what I did for some time. You know, I love Jesus. Don't get me wrong. I loved him. But part of it also was to put a smile on other people's faces. So I walk, so sometimes I have to watch out that I don't walk my faith walk to please somebody else. Because if I'm doing that, who am I serving? Am I serving the Lord or am I? Mm. So you can be operating out of fear. You can be operating out of pride because that's really what pride is. I want you to look at me and think I'm your favorite or whatever, right? Which I am. Just saying. Keep the record straight. You have to, all right? I don't know what your push was, but I just want to kind of Kind of like Mike threw out. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And if that wasn't your salvation experience, I'm not saying your salvation is void, null and void. It's still the legit thing. That's still your experience. But I kind of want Holy Spirit to go take you back to that moment. Maybe when you were a little kid. Maybe when you were old. It doesn't matter. But I want him to redeem that moment. Because that moment sets you in a trajectory for the rest of your life with a, re- with a relationship with God. Some of us have been operating out of fear. Some of us have been operating out of pride. Some of us have been operating out of something other than the goodness of God. Because some of you heard that it, salvation means that you just get saved by this much because God, because you were just that bad that the blood of Christ had to work really, 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 really hard to get you clean. So then the enemy gets to beat you up throughout your whole life. Remember this, remember that. Come on. I don't think that's the plan. Here's the plan. God loved you. And if you feel compelled, I've got, we've got some elders and stuff in here. If while we're talking about the love of God, if you feel like you need ministry that moment, I don't care. You go run to them. Because I'm serious. I'm believing the Holy Spirit is going to redeem some people this morning. All right? So maybe the gospel you heard was you were just that bad. You were awful, blah, blah, blah. God saved you. 
don't mess up because then you have to go to the altar again because you messed up. Go back to the altar. Go make it right with God. Or maybe, I hope you heard it this way. God loved you so much and loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to die upon a cross so that he could have a relationship with you. Because the relationship was broken because of sin. But sin was defeated 2,000 years ago. I'm making sure I enunciate that because sin was defeated 2,000 years ago. Sin, period, dead, gone. All right? So you may ask me about sanctification. What does that mean? This type of theology, it is you are spirit, you have a soul, and you're in a body. We are spirit people. The spirit is alive in us. This is the thing that gets saved. Your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. How many have those in here? Your mind, your will, and emotions. All right. That is the thing that we are working through. You know, the scripture says we have the mind of Christ, and I do have the mind of Christ, but sometimes I pick up the mind of Taylor and try to operate out of things. Mind, will. Sometimes I have to refocus my will to align with his, because really his will is what I want at the end of the day. Mind, will, emotions. I have been working on this one a whole lot lately. And you know what? My marriage is getting better. My relationships are getting better because I'm keeping my emotions in check. You know, sometimes you just need to do this and walk away. Because instead of talking, I could just do this. I can just, see that? But I'm keeping the peace. I'm making a peace. I'm being a peacemaker and blessed are the peacemakers. Yes, she does that too. God has saved your spirit. God has saved, say saved past tense, it's completed. You're saved. Can you lose your salvation? We can talk about that another day. I, we can, but this isn't what we're talking about today. And that thought alone shows me how loose of a grip you think your God has on you. God doesn't hold you like this. Like he doesn't hold you in his fingers, like waiting for you to fall out. You understand that. He called you a peculiar people. He surrounded you. He had, he's got you like in a hug, in a grip, and he's not letting go. I said he's not letting go. It's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. I wonder why, I think part of the reason why our churches aren't as full as we think it should be is because we've been believing a false gospel. And it's been a performance gospel. It's been, you know, we don't teach that you have to wear skirts and stuff, but we do teach that you have to do X, Y, and Z. We don't, but it's been sewn into us from years ago. Make sure you read enough scripture. Make sure you pray long enough. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. Because then God will be happy with you. Breaking news. God is happy with you. And if you're just reading the Bible just to please him, how much are you actually growing out of it? Or is it just another checklist? Just another checklist, just another checklist. This really, your gospel story really affects your whole life. 
It really does. Because you started a relationship and if it started on a lie, not that he gave, but it could have been influenced by a lie that you weren't good enough, so you need to keep X, Y, and Z up. Let's talk about this too. So the scripture talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. I'm just gonna be real frank with y'all. It's not the peep of porn that makes the Holy Spirit grieve. It's not the actual act because the act is dead. Remember, lust was defeated 2,000 years ago. You know what grieves him more? Now you guys feel separated and it wasn't him. He's not the one putting the block up because he wants you to come right back. He's like, just come here, just come here. Just come here. I'm not disgusted with you. I'm, you're not ugly to me. He just says, come here. But you don't feel like you can. You feel like you have to wait a probationary period for what, a week or two weeks to get holy again and then he can go back to the foot of the cross. How else can God show you his love? How else? He sent his only son to die upon a cross. The worst death that somebody can die. He got beaten. He was bruised. He got spit on. They stripped him naked. They put other clothes on, stripped him naked, put a thorn on. How else can he demonstrate his love for you to see it? So his heart is just raw. So when you go to things that aren't his will, it's like, what else can I do? I hope you're not feeling condemnation in this because it's not condemnation. What it is, is God's just showing you his heart. He's like, I'm, he's the purest thing that is pure. He's, he's, he has no motives, nothing. He doesn't want something out of you. If I never sang again, if I never spoke again, if I never did anything for his kingdom ever again, he would still love me the same. Same thing for you. If you didn't do any of your little more performances, whatever you do, if you never did him again, he would still love you the same. Salvation is a gift. It's something you can't earn. You don't deserve it. It's a gift which you can receive and walk through. He is so good. When we go through scriptures, if we see anything but grace, we're probably off. If what you're reading kind of makes you feel like you gotta perform to make him happy. Because here's the thing, it shouldn't be a performance anymore, guys. Worship should not be a performance. Your daily life should not be a performance. It ought to be an overflow. God will supply all my riches, all my needs according to his riches and glory. He's going to supply what you need. He's just so good. And I, like, there's no other way to say it other than he literally sent his one and only son to die. Not so he could have you owe him. He just wanted to redeem you because he loved you that much. If 
Father, let's go and put our hands in front of us again. Jesus, you never left us. You never forsaken us. All your promises, every single promise you have made is yes in Christ. And you promised our liberty. You promised our healing. You promised all those things. So God, we go back to the salvation moment. I speak to those moments that maybe were skewed. And God, we ask that you redeem that moment. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of living a performance Christian lifestyle. Sometimes we need to just go back and remember the goodness of God and how he saved us and how he redeemed us and that we don't have to do anything to earn that because we can't earn it. So Lord, I speak to the lies of the enemy and I crush those under my feet as a pastor of this church. I declare over our lives that those things are broken. The lies of the enemy are broken. They are no more functional in our people. I break the curse of performance mentality. I break the curse of those things holding people back from their true walk with Christ. I come against facades. I come against against masks. I come against things that people hide behind. And I pray that those things will be unveiled not to bring shame, but Lord, to bring freedom. To bring freedom. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So God, I speak freedom in our lives. And if there's anything of our Christianity that does not look like freedom, I curse it now in the name of Jesus. And I prophesy life over our walks with you. That they would be legitimate. And that we would feel your presence just randomly throughout the day. We'd be washing dishes and the same Holy Ghost feels we get during worship, we'd feel right in that moment. Because you're just as much there as you are here. Jesus, we love you. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Can we just worship him for a second? Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. If you want prayer right now, you can go ahead and come up here. We're going to pray for you. I've got some other stuff I want to talk about. But if you need his touch, if 
you kind of feel like your heart is, has calluses and those sorts of things. You want those shaved off. The Holy Spirit's here to do some work this morning. That's what we're about. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is what you ought to be feeling like all day long. This connectedness. This communion. You can sit at your desk and feel this. It'd probably make your day a whole lot better. Jesus, we thank you for operating in our lives and removing the things that need removed, adjust the things that need adjusted. Now, don't leave this moment, because here's the thing. Practicing is probably one of the most challenging things, because we're really good if we sit still. We're really good about maintaining this posture if we're just kind of sitting still. But God is, he wants to walk with you. He doesn't want you just to come to a place to experience him. He wants you to experience him everywhere, not just in your car, not just when you're in solitude. This is something you practice. Practicing the presence of God. It, it, is a, it is literally a thing to practice going to work and maintaining this presence. You know, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So whenever we step into places with his presence, wouldn't it be cool just to minister out of our overflow? You may not even have to say a word, but they could just walk into your office or wherever you work and be like, there's peace in here. I'm not going to leave this place. I'm going to keep bugging you. That may not be good. Your productivity might go down. But be okay. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, for, every, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. How many have some outstanding promises? Not just outstanding like, woo, but outstanding like they haven't come to pass yet. Huh? Come on, faith people. Where are they at? Okay, hear, hear me out. Again, we just talked about the gospel. So if thoughts come up that are condemning, you say, no devil. Okay? No devil. Let's say it out. No devil. Okay. I'm telling you, we got to go back to first. We have to go back to the first level. You know, if your salvation experience was kind of skewed, you need to go back and operate and get found your foundation right. You hear what I'm saying? Okay, so no condemnation when I say this. Got it? Okay. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. The Trinity is in unity on this thing. They want this thing to happen. Whatever's been prophesied over your life, I know what's been prophesied over this house. These promises that are outstanding that have not happened yet, they are, it is, it is Jesus' will that these things happen. Okay? And so through him, which we are connected through Christ, right? Because we are saved, now Christ lives in us. We have a measure of the Holy Spirit in us, right? That's right, okay? So through him, the amen is spoken by 
Who? It's kind of weak. Who, by who? Us. Okay. You have an opportunity. See, I would say responsibility, but for some people that holds a negative connotation, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to function in the kingdom. And he didn't save you so he could perform to make his kingdom greater. He just invites you to the table because he sees you do some cool stuff and he wants you just to do your thing. You know? The amen is spoken by us. We have a responsibility. He says, yes. So Jesus said, yes. And we say, you think that might be why the church says that? Here's the thing. These things have already, they're in the atmosphere. Your, 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 your job increase, your whatever you need, whatever is supposed to happen, it's here. Ephesians says, we have already received every spiritual blessing. Have already, have already received all past tense. We have already received, okay? It's all out here. What do we need to do? We need to say amen. You know, it's really fun to say amen, you know, in a church. If you ever go, if you get to go to like a church, you know what I'm talking about church, when I say church, and they're all like, amen, you know what I'm talking about? Go at least once, it changes your life. I think I might bring some tutors in, that'd be fun. Um, amen is spoken by us and as fun as it is to say amen and sing amen over the promises of our life if your actions don't say amen it's not coming to pass again no condemnation when i say this if you felt it you need to shove it out because what the holy spirit is trying to do is saying hey this is still open this opportunity still that's here it's still open you didn't send it away you didn't, like, you're not too old. You're not too all this stuff. It's not, like, the promise is still here. The promises of God are yes and amen. Yes? So I think probably the first thing God wants us to do is just practice what we talked about before, was really you need to make sure that this salvation experience is a-okay, which I think we dealt with all good. Going from here out, Remember those prophetic words. Remember the things spoken over your life. And if you want some of that ministry, we have that ministry here and they can speak over your life and encourage you and bless you in that manner. But if you already have a prophetic word, I'm thinking about doing this, but this is kind of mean. If somebody comes to me for a prophetic word, I'm gonna ask what you did with your last one. Bad. Well, why am I gonna just prophesy to air? Am I sowing seed? Yes, I'm sowing seed. But if our actions aren't saying amen, if I didn't work on worship, if I didn't read the word, if I didn't do X, Y, and Z, I would not be preparing myself to where God has called me to go. Yes? So if God called you to open a shop, go learn about opening a shop. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what promises God has made to you, but get to work on it. I'm not putting you down for it. I'm just saying what are you doing? I think this is a Pinterest quote. This is not a run through life or whatever. This is not dress rehearsal. This is not a practice life. This is a real thing. You get one chance, dude. 
one chance. I hope it's sobering to you. And not in a bad way. Again, if there is condemnation, kick the sucker out. It doesn't belong in you. There is no, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? No condemnation, all right? But get to work. You know, we are doers. That was one of the, uh, that was one thing from our reset series. We are doers. We're not just, we don't want to just talk, all right? We want to do things. Does this help you? Okay. Can we pray for one more? We're going to pray one more time. And then we're going to go out there and work. You know, I think, while your eyes are closed, I think church should really just be kind of a celebration of what's happened throughout the week. And also kind of like just a meeting to get the troops together to kind of get the next plan going. I think that's really what Sundays ought to be. It shouldn't be... It shouldn't necessarily be the thing that fills you up to survive throughout the week because you're going to die. I'm going to just be honest. You will die your spiritual walk. But I think Sunday mornings can be a time of guidance and just reordering. So, Father God, we love you. We thank you for loving us. God, I pray that as we walk this salvation out, Lord, that we thank you, Lord, for redeeming those times those salvation experiences. God, we think that we can walk in your love. And God, we think that you have a plan and you have a purpose for our lives and that we get to go out and do those things with joy, with kindness, with with the gifts of the Spirit, Lord. God, we think that you're patient with us. We thank you for your patience. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd guide our paths to do the things that you've called us to do. We give you glory for in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, go out, go work, go do a good thing. I want to hear next Sunday. Here's the thing, because we wanted to do the testimony of the week thing. I've had zero submissions. So go out, do something, and I want to hear about it. All right? Sound good? Amen. Be blessed.